0: Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein and this is all that matters. I've often asked you, do you think about the person or the people who teach you the most? Those who inspire you the most? Those who've made a difference in your life thus far? Who would that person be or those persons I find it helps to fill the stores inside of you with gratitude because there's an awful lot of energy being given out to difficult things and challenging things in life. You got to have some resilience and we build resilience with gratitude, with an awareness of the blessings, the gifts that we've received along the way. Now, if you've followed me for any portion or all of the last two and a half years since we uh, inaugurated this positivity podcast, you'll know I've referred to my parents, really two of the two most important teachers of my life. And not everyone I realize is as fortunate when it comes to the people who've been their parents or the experience they had with their parents, I'm I'm lucky in that way. And we are each lucky in different ways. And it's important to look at those ways in which we are lucky, in which we are fortunate, and to identify them. But if you've listened to me, you've often heard me identify my dad, my mom. My dad was an older dad. When he became my dad, he had been a bachelor for years and years and years and um, just hadn't found the right person yet. And he met my mom and she was a widow with two sons and they fell in love and he adopted those two boys who always remembered their dad from their youth, but also were guided and fathered by our dad, and then he had me and my sister with my mom. And here are some of my earliest memories of dad, and the reason I'm thinking about this this week, you might wonder, is because it's my dad's yurt It's the anniversary of his death. And yes, we celebrate birthdays, but we also celebrate the days of one's death When one can take a full measure of somebody's life, you know, it's one thing when they're born to say, I have all these hopes, these dreams for this person. At the end of their life here, their physical life here, one can take measure of what they actually did, who they actually were. Have you found that? Have you had someone die in your life? And you recognize at that moment, or perhaps as I am on the anniversary of their death, taking a measure or a reevaluation of their life and recognizing how truly extraordinary in many ways that life was and that life continues to be because I am a big believer that people weave themselves into your soul and they stay with you and that's how they live beyond death. In other words, they still live because they're alive inside of you. I hear my dad's voice often. I hear his wisdom, I hear his counsel, I hear his laugh. I feel his kiss because my dad was a kisser and I'm celebrating that. I've been a kisser and a hugger and I know where I got it from. Um, it was that way in our family. And that was the way my dad treated my mom. And when he would come home from work and at different times during the day, that's the way he treated uh, our family. Uh, he was a hugger and a kisser. So one of the things, this is the lessons that I learned from my dad is when you feel it, then deal it. When you feel it, deal it out. Give it out. Um, And hugging and kissing was part of my life from as long as I can remember. And there was that connection and there was that human connection. Another thing, though, very early on, I learned about my dad is my dad was a restaurateur, as some who have followed or who may know me, know that my dad owned a restaurant but his deep passion his dream yes he was a restaurateur but what was his passion what was he what did he want most in life he loved acting and it was only in his 30s that he truly came into acting imagine going through the first 30 years of your life not doing what you're passionate about but also teaching me in that, in that in his thirties and his forties, as he delved more and more into acting in summer stock and and in community theater, that it's never too late to go after your passion, and that's another lesson my dad taught. Find your passion, but don't don't think it's too late in life. Um, I mean, I know people in their nineties now who are painting. Who never painted in their life and it's remarkable and they're claiming their passion at this point so my dad he found it in his 30s and his 40s and maybe it took him that long to have the chutzpah the guts to go and 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 pursue it but i know that he did and he was involved in community theater and then he was cast in summer stock theater at saint michael's and That was uh, a training ground for many future stars um, uh, and uh, working actors in the business in both film and television and Broadway. And it was a great training ground for my dad um, who got to spend summers in summer stock theater and during the year in community theater. And so going to theater was a gift my dad gave me because I started as a child. And I've talked before about how my mom took my sister and I to all of Shakespeare. I think we saw every show but two in the canon by the time we were in our teens. I mean, uh, it was phenomenal, the education we got from that point of view. But with my dad, um, it was automatic. We went to theater to watch him, but then we went to theater that he wasn't in. And the gift of theater going was something he gave us very that that was a worthy pursuit. And then he put me on stage at age nine. They needed a child actor and something, and he said, "Jam, would you like to act? You're kind of you know out there and whatever." I was always kind of theatrical, I suppose. Um, would later be in a rock and roll band and so forth. Um, but starting acting at age eight and nine, that I just ate up with a big spoon. And that's another thing my dad taught me. When you find the thing you like, eat it with a big spoon. It don't take a little, just a little taste of it. Really get in there. And I did. Imagine growing up being able to sit at your dad's elbow. You're eight, seven, eight, nine, and you're watching him put on makeup to, to go on stage in front of an audience of hundreds And I watched the way he lined his eyes and underneath the eyelids and the way he put rouge into his cheeks and so forth and how he had learned to to make up his face for depending on the role and watched other actors doing that. So hanging out backstage, that was another gift and another lesson my dad taught me about preparation, how you get ready. And he would have me cue him, which meant read the lines when he was studying to be in a play. I would read the line before his line. That was to cue him. Give him the line that the person on stage would speak. And then he had to know the next line, obviously. And oftentimes that went on for hours. And imagine a little kid growing up that way. My sister and I did that. I know my mom did that. We cued him so that he could get his lines down. And taking part in that was also a lesson in how it takes a community. It takes a village, right, for so many things in life. But it took a village to get an actor to where they needed to be. And I know there are actors out there, and creative artists who know they don't do it alone. They Yes, they have to put in the work, but boy, they need others to help teach them, guide them, work with them, set them up, feed them their lines, cue them. And so many other things. In other words, we don't do it in a vacuum. And that is a lesson, obviously, in life. One that we need to be reminded of sometimes. So when I talk about the lessons my dad taught me, all these many gifts, creative gifts, and also gifts of the heart, that idea of hugging and kissing, that was not incidental. That's who he was. And it became part of me. And when I do it, when I connect with someone, when I hold them or when I hug them or when I kiss them, that's a piece of my dad in me too. Saying that's good. It's good to show your feelings. It's good to show your emotions. It's good to reach out. It's good to love your family. It's good to love your friends. But it was not there alone. Because I used to walk down Church Street, which was our main street of our hometown. And people would be out on the sidewalk from their stores and so forth. And everyone knew my dad and said, hey, you're Frankie's boy. You're Frankie's boy. We have a, a, a saying in Hebrew, zichut. One acquires the merit of being connected to someone else. Now that can work against you too. You can get a negative reputation if somebody has set a negative example. But my dad, my dad was known for who he was. And so when somebody said, hey, you're Frankie's boy, that meant there was good stuff going on there. I had good juju, as they would say, because I was connected to him. And I want us to think about that, that we're connected to people and we receive their zakut and we give our zakut. We give our merit to other people by our connections. If we're people of diligence, if we're people of resilience, if we're people of love, if we're community-minded people, if we're people who can be counted on, then the people we're connected to get that merit, and we get it back when we're connected to people like that. So, being connected to my dad, I got the gift of the merit of the kind of person he was, the kind of soul he was. He was not a perfect man. None of us are perfect people. And I don't want to paint a picture like that. But in looking back at the measure of his life on this anniversary of his passing, I can tell you man, he had strength, he had character, he had resilience. He struggled and he had challenges, and he came back from them to triumph in raising a family, in having a loving relationship, in making a mark in the business field, and in fulfilling his passion, in acting on stage, and being part of the creative. Joy, which for him was theater. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, oftentimes, as they say. And I get I get to have all those blessings as part of my life. And I get to take them out and polish them all over again on this anniversary. And to thank him. To thank him. And to remember to thank those while they're still living who made or make a difference in your life. I did. Mike siblings and I were fortunate in that way. We told him and told him often what he meant to us and how he made a difference. And in so doing, gave a little bit of his gift back to him. When we take the measure of a person at the end of their life, we get to see the beauty of what they accomplished. But we get to count the blessings, the gifts. It might be a person who was in your family. It might be a friend. It might be a mentor. It might be many of those. It might be one of them. But there is someone in your life whose merit is part and parcel of your soul today because of what they have done for you. Giving thanks. That's only one more gift that you've learned. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein. And this is All That Matters.